Welcome to a slightly different version of the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast. Usually you hear me, Corey Richmond from the Bronx, and you hear the best partner a man could ever have if he wanted to go that way. <laughs> that sounds so bad. <laughs> uh, but Jason Brooks, usually hear him in, a, in Rochester, as we used to joke about, you know, trying to figure out a way to tunnel through and escape. But for the first time since the pilot of this uh, podcast, 72 episodes ago, episode number 73. Wow, 73 episodes we've been doing this? Yeah. Jesus, thank you for listening for this long. I'm surprised anyone's even listening to us after this. But uh, hopefully we sound as good as we should, because Jason's sitting here in the Bronx, I'm in the Bronx, sitting in the same uh, same studio apartment, not stealing someone else's uh, gimmick here. (laughs) Good old... uh, Cult Boom Boom uh, Cabana. We we love your podcast and keep up the great work. But uh, we are in uh, my apartment where the first ever podcast was done. Uh, and we're going to try this again. Uh, you know, just like the first one, a couple, little bit of little beer, little nerves, a little fun. And uh, hopefully after 72 of these away from each other, See how the chemistry goes when we're actually in the same room. Oh, no, it's going to be a disaster. The show's going to be terrible. Now, if uh, for some reason, you know, you, you hear like a thud, it means that Jay, unlike usual, couldn't put his hands through the computer and actually, you know, started to strangle me and I just like passed out. And this is uh, this show's happening at uh, 12.15 in the morning. I think it's 12.30 in the morning. No, it's 12.30 in the morning. All right. Thank you. We just watched NXT. Uh, this week's NXT, which was a solid show. We, we got to watch Dana Brooks, you know, be slightly better. But I think that also has something to do with Bailey, but that's not what we're going to talk about. But, um, like always, we'll, we'll start with, I guess, the bigger topics of the week. Last time we spoke to you, Jay was a little bit more interested in Extreme Rules than I was. And I think it's fair to say the one match that we really didn't expect much from was by far the best match on the card. Yeah. And was most likely the, the high water mark. And then after that, at least for me, I think when things took a sharp turn for the, for the worst. And we're talking about the new tag team champions, the New Day, with the entertaining Xavier Woods, the stiff as a board Big E Langston, and everyone's favorite high flyer, Kofi Kingston. Took a while for this gimmick to get over. I mean, it's we can discuss this now or at a later date. Is it the infamous Xbox heat? But you know what? It, it, if it's the Xbox heat, it's okay. Like it, it's to me, it's still not bad heat. I, you know, sometimes they say you know any heat is good heat, and I think that's the case here. I think the fans are getting annoyed with them. I think they're turning it into something, and I think they, you know, if I if we don't clap, we're gonna snap. I think they've done a nice job. With, with it. And, I mean, Corey, that match was fantastic. Easily the best match on the show. Um, everybody really worked hard and did a good job with it. And we've talked a lot about the tag team division and how they haven't done with it, done a lot with it the last couple of weeks. Um, but, you know, they did a nice job on Sunday, and hopefully this will kind of keep the momentum going. Now, it's kind of almost like you would, it was like these four, actually five men and one woman, uh, Natalia being the uh, the other part of this, they all went. They were initially supposed to be on the pre-show, and with Daniel Bryan injury, they decided to move the uh, the Neville versus uh, 
Bad News Barrett match to the pre-show, which two guys will be talking about, I think, a lot of the podcasts because they were all over our TV this week, on and off, on and off the network, which, you know, we saw them in the King of the Ring uh, tournament, which turned out to be better than I think some people expected. But that was on the pre-show. And as a result, this tag team got, match got moved to the the actual, you know, pay-per-view network special where everyone's watching. And yeah. I think maybe maybe these five people and six, you know, six performers went and said, this is our shot. Let's give it everything we have. I think they gave them time. I mean, they're all good in the ring. Uh, Big E's had good matches. Kofi's had great matches. Kid and Cesaro, we already know their work rate and how good they are. But they gave them time. I mean, they gave them a good 10, what, 10, 12 minutes? Which, uh, I think it was 9.45. Wow. That, I mean, that's fantastic for only only basically 10 minutes. So they gave them they gave them a good 10 minutes. And they went and they busted their ass for those 10 minutes. And these are four really good performers. So it's not a surprise that they were able to give us that you know that good of a match. And like I said, I thought the the, op- the, the opener on the pre-show I thought was really good. I thought Neville is really showing a lot of heart out there and showing why he most likely was one of the most deserving guys to come up. Most people thought, you know, most likely that, you know, Prince Devitt, a.k.a. Um, Finn Balor. Thank you. I couldn't think of his uh, WWE name. That's why I went with his uh, original one. Uh, but most, most of, like, he would be the guy who would come up first because of the amount of money he's making or anything else, but... He's doing a really good job. Is he being both the strongest so far? Well, we can talk. We we can talk about that. I think they've done a nice job with it. I thought the opener was good. I feel like the show really kind of went off the rails a little bit. Where where did the show go wrong for you? Um, I enjoyed the Sheamus Ziggler match. I thought that was a a, pr- a pretty good match. Um, but where did the show really? No, to me, nothing on the show really stood out. To be honest with you, and I thought the main event was wasn't great. But I think that we kind of knew that's what they were setting up with Kane. I thought the last man standing match was entertaining for what it was. You know what? Here, here's something. Let's, let's put this the best way we can. Let's see if you agree with me. Is it is it okay that everything was okay? I mean, nothing was... I mean, like I said, the taking match was really good. The uh, the Neville match versus Wade Barrett was really good. Last man standing match was, I think, better than anyone expected. Yeah. But there was nothing really on this show that... Nothing was bad. But nothing was, besides, like we said, those two matches, was spectacular. And I know we're in the post-WrestleMania haze, but is average not bad? Is that good enough? Well, I think... But I think that's what we've been getting. I mean, every show can't be WrestleMania. And I think, you know, we've seen that with these Raws. All these Raws have kind of been the same. Since the Brock Lesnar one, when he went crazy. Mm -hmm. They've basically been... The same shows every week. They haven't been bad. They've been six six out of tens, basically. Five out of tens. Nothing wrong with them. Like this pay-per-view. Five or six out of ten. It was fine. Nothing outstanding. I don't know. They're in that lull. And I don't know how they necessarily break out of it. I mean, I think there's one guy that can break them out of it. And he's currently, quote, unquote, suspended. Um, and I think that's also... That's also part of it. We haven't seen Stephanie in a while. Triple H seems like he's kind of taking a backseat. Um, there's a lot of Kane in, the, in these shows and on this pay-per-view. So, you know, I think the shows have been fine, and, I, and, and that was indicative of this pay-per-view. I thought the pay-per-view was fine. Is it good enough? 
I think it is because I don't think it's terrible, unlike after Survivor Series and, and you know that pay per view. So I think it's fine for now, but eventually they're gonna have to start picking up the pace. I mean, I'll put it this way: I think that what we've seen of John Cena on TV on Raw every week has been excellent. What we saw it on the pay per view was blah. But those matches are always. Those those matches, those you know, bull rope matches, the chain match with the, the touch the turnbuckle, those matches. I mean, how many good matches of those have you seen? There was a JBL Eddie Guerrero match ten years. Other than that, how many of those matches are always like a cluster F? So I don't know. I really wasn't expecting much, but their matches on pay per view up to this point have been really really good. I guess they wanted to put a twist on it, and now they're putting another twist on it. Apparently, I'm tired but, of it now. I don't but, want to see it anymore. I don't want to see the the I Quit match. I have, I really have no interest. I mean, the only thing you could say interest-wise is: Do you have Rusev lose three straight times to Cena, and what the result of that is, or do you have Cena? You know, do they do some sort of BS finish where you know you have a tape thing of Cena's voice like they had back in the day? You know, with uh, even though Guy didn't actually submit, the I quit. You had it on, you know, on a loop, and that's how you know you got to finish. I mean, I don't know how many more times you can beat Rusev. I guess that's the thing that's interesting. Can you can Rusev be beat again? That has Rusev. Would you say that Rusev has been hurt by this? But I don't know because I, I don't think he has actually. You know, sometimes there's this thing where guys lose and and we feel like they get hurt by it. You know, we've seen this with guys like Ambrose, and he hasn't won a match in forever, and he finally won in pay-per-view um, this week. But for the most part, he hasn't won in forever, and how that kind of starts to hurt guys. I don't think Rusev's been hurt by this yet, but they're getting to that teetering point where this could start to hurt him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know where they go with this I quit match. I would have really preferred them to end a feud, but I guess they're really trying to wrap up the Lana thing. Mm-hmm. And we could definitely talk about that and what their quote-unquote future plans for her are, according to Dave Meltzer of Wrestling Observer. But um, maybe that's what they're looking to do is wrap up this stuff with Lana and have her move on and have him move on. But I, I would having him lose three three months in a row is not a great not a great look for this feud. Right. Not a great look for Rusev. And I know we always disagree with the idea that wins and losses matter. But you know what, when you have a guy who has been as hot as Rusev has over the last year, I think a guy like him losing consistently starts to most likely, in the eyes of the fans, hurt his credibility. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. And he, he can destroy Zack Ryder and, you know, the, the Haminators all he wants. But if when he goes against Cena, he's losing. I think right now they're okay. I think they just have to be careful with this next match, with this I quit match. And what they do with that. We'll see. Uh, before we go any further, I just want to make sure that everybody uh, remembers that you can follow us on Twitter, at WorkedShootPod, for the actual uh, show itself. And my uh, Twitter, which Jay has so eloquently in the past said nobody cares about, but we've gotten a couple of followers as a result of it, at Paladin808. Uh, always, you know, shoot us questions or comments, and... Just like last week, I believe, uh, Andrew went and brought us a comment about the whole type of situation with the U.S. title, comparing it to, you know, the TV title and how it's being built. He bring up an interesting question. We'll be sure to, you know, talk about it on the podcast. Um, also, while we have this moment, just want to let everybody know, 
that the official sponsor of the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast is Punch.co, Punch Apparel, and uh, since, you know, one of the very first episodes, they've been with our show, and fans of the show, if you go to Punch.co and you, you find something you like there, go at checkout, promo code SHOOT, S-H-O-O-T, all in capital letters, you'll get 15% off your total order, and as Jay said it so elegantly, worldwide, worldwide shipping. You know, as as the weather's changing from Rochester to uh, the Bronx from the beginning of the day to the end of the day, you know, it might get a little chilly out there. It might be really nice. You, nothing better than having, you know, a graphic tee, you know, to sport out there. And uh, it's great great help for our show and great help for a good company and Punch.co. So appreciate everyone who's listening to us and everyone who goes to Punch.co and gives them a opportunity. They're a good young company and uh, glad that they're part of the show. I agree. Now, of course, we're talking about, you know, the, what, what they're doing and these pay-per-views and these shows. What, what would you like to see them do to ratchet it up? We've had these Raws that have been the same. Mm-hmm. And we've got this Kane storyline, which, you know, I, I don't know. Hopefully this is the last we'll see of Kane, as I say every week. What could they do to spice things up a bit? I mean, I, I think they're kind of in a bit of a malaise. Now we've got this triple threat match, which, you know, who the hell knows what that's going to be. I, I see Rollins coming out on top again. But, I mean, they're basically building the SummerSlam. I mean, that's what all these shows are. So, in a way, it's it's almost... Building blocks. It's almost building blocks. So, what could they do to make it more appealing other than what they're already doing, basically building towards SummerSlam? I don't even think they're building towards SummerSlam. I think their payback will happen in three weeks. Yes, another pay-per-view three weeks from now, but they got the one after that. The, the, the real number four pay-per-view on the calendar every year now, Money in the Bank. Mm-hmm. I think when we find out who's in that Money in the Bank match and if they go outside the box and maybe have a I don't think it will happen, but if you have a surprise participant known as Brock Lesnar and he gets the Money in the Bank or if you go and decide the way that you can move things around, you have Roman Reigns with money in the bank, or have you know? I think I think at this point Dolph Ziggler is past where we're doing that with him. But Dean Ambrose, or you know, with Neville, I know a lot of the guys are saying right now are faces because you have to heel champion. But I think the idea of where you're going to go with money in bank and how you build that story this year, how you follow up a guy cashing at Mania, which never happened before, and I think that's basically become that next stepping stone. The returning King of the Ring, which that you know. One time was, but, but you know, I, I hear what you're saying, but I don't think Money in the I think Money in the Bank is almost a separate show unto itself. I mean, you can build storylines heading into it, but I don't know if, I mean, what they're doing with Rollins is building toward Brock to me, um, and I could and I yeah, hopefully, and so to me that's what it's building toward. Money in the Bank is something separate that maybe they'll cash in at some point, but I think really what they're building toward, and because then. If you have that money in the bank, that can also build towards SummerSlam because the person could possibly cash in an end. I think that's what, what they're building toward. It's several months away. I think we'll get some good shows before then. I think money in the bank will be a lot of fun. I don't know how this payback's going to go. I think it's going to be kind of... Rematch City again? Yeah, maybe kind of a waste. But, you know, we're just, we just have to get... Basically, as wrestling fans, we just have to get through it. Try to enjoy the shows as much as you can. Enjoy the matches. And then, you know, hope on the other side of this, we, we get some really good pay-per-views. Do you want to know what can change things up a little bit? 
Think about somebody, and I'm not talking about Daniel Bryan as much as we all love him, but one guy who has not been on TV since the day after Mania, the best promo guy in the company, a guy who gets heat on everything. Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman. We've been missing Paul Heyman. I know he's not an active competitor, but he's a guy who helps build things and move the, move, not move the needle, but, you know, moves that rock from the top of the hill to the bottom of the hill. You know, he goes and puts everything in motion. I think we're missing those promos, those fighting interactions, the idea of it. It's one thing to have, you know, Bo Dallas or, you know, the big show being said yeah. that Reigns the biggest failure of all time. Yeah, yeah. It's another thing when you actually have a guy who is believable in Paul Heyman and also a guy who can go and talk and bring something out of performers that would help this malaise go away. I mean, I think Paul, you know, maybe... Yeah, but what, but the, and that's all well and good and that's nice to say. When they had Paul Heyman coming out with Cesaro, it was a failure. It's like it didn't work. It wasn't awesome. Because all Heyman did was cut, a, cut promos about how great Brock Lesnar was. So the issue is, is if you have Heyman, Heyman come out, you can't have Heyman coming out cutting a promo about Brock Lesnar, how great he is every Why not? Because, because... But you know, but you, 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 I, 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 the thing that's... I'm sorry for cutting off here. Yeah, go ahead. The thing that's missing right now, and we said it before, the impact player, and we're not talking about the guys from ECW who are great in their own right, is the idea that we're missing Brock Lesnar right now. Brock Lesnar, since Brock Lesnar, we, the day after WrestleMania, we, we haven't seen him again. There's been something missing with this product. But what's he going to say every week? You can build up the idea that Brock's coming back. You have the idea of him going and doing these but that's, things. But he's not coming back for months, Corey. I mean, SummerSlam is a, in August. It's a long time. That's it's months away from now. Every week he's going to come out there and say how great Brock is. I think, I think even, I think even a fan that love him would probably get sick of it after a while. I mean, it doesn't have to be every week, Jeff. Every you know, couple of weeks you have him come out, and you have that idea of this force that's on its way back. You have this idea of Brock Lesnar is right around the corner. Who says just because? But he's not right around the corner. He's not coming back till August. How do we know? How do you? He may not wrestle yet until August. How do you know we don't see him come up on a Raw? And beat the living crap out of you know. Sure, but I think if I, I but I, I hear you, but I, I think, I, I think I'd rather have Heyman doing something else right now, and being Paul Heyman rather than coming out and telling us how great Brock is and that he can't wait for Brock to be back. I think the message will get lost. I, I think we talk about this all the time about how we want the wrestlers to take breaks more, freshen their character up, leave for a little bit. You know what? This isn't a bad thing that Brock's not there for a little bit. And I, I think Heyman could do well to work with somebody else. I mean, it doesn't look like that's going to happen at all. And, you know, that that's an issue unto itself. But I don't know that Heyman needs to be there because, you know, I, I don't know how... I just don't know that at this point they need him in terms of having that added benefit of him putting over a guy who's not going to be there for another three or four months. But I think one of the things is that you need a voice, and, the, you know, the, the silly, the voice of the voice of the voiceless thing. I think you need some sort of, some voice out there that can cut promos that feels like he's more than just some guy who's doing flips inside of a ring. Sure, but who's he cutting promos against? I mean, Stephanie's not there. We haven't seen her in a few weeks. Triple H is talking about tough enough. We haven't seen him out there. Like some of those videos. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> those videos were awful. 
so, you know, God bless the people. They're in good shape, but I'm just saying, uh, as I'm drinking a beer at 1 o'clock in the morning. But, so, my, but my thing is, what, like, I, I don't know who's going to cut a promo against right oh, now. Oh, I'm not saying it has to be Heyman cutting a promo. I'm just saying, you need to find, some, which is, I know very hard to do, you need to find somebody who can go and cut that promo, and even if it's... Cut it on who, and what would they say? You know, give give a guy like Dean Ambrose free reign. Let, let Dean Ambrose actually explore the character, just besides being, you know, Michael Cole saying... The lunatic fringe. Exactly. Let him talk on the mic. You know, he is, we've seen him sometimes. He's the, one of the closest things we have to Rowdy Rowdy Piper, you know? Yeah, I agree. Let's, let's, let's have him, you know, he doesn't have to be the biggest star in the company. Yeah. You know what? Is the worst thing in the world giving him a, giving him a mic and he can start talking, getting the fans interested. I mean, but I, yeah, but they're doing. But you know, you, but then on the other hand, you could say they're doing a good job with the mid card. That the mid card is going well, and no, Dean Ambrose did win his match against New Harper, and they're probably gonna have a match against Payback, in which he'll probably win again. Um, so they are really pushing some of the mid card guys. So, you know, and I don't know if Dean Ambrose cutting a promo, being weird and being the lunatic fringe is going to say, oh, man, the show's really popping now. I don't know. I, I mean, I think there's, there could be some truth to that. I think the Heyman stuff, I'd love Heyman to be paired with somebody. But I think at this point, the fact that I, I don't... Sure he always wanted to be with. Either, but I think, I don't know that they could... I'll be honest with you, I don't know that they could do that. I, I don't know that they could put him... I don't know that they could have Heyman... With another guy and with Brock Lesnar. I, after seeing what happened with Cesaro last year, who we thought was the perfect guy to pair him with, and we had all these plans for him and Cesaro, and none of them worked out, I don't know that they could do it again. I, I think they would always be you know, very, very much overshadowed by um, Brock Lesnar. And I don't, I don't think it could... I don't, I don't, right now, I don't see it working, and I don't see who they could have him do that with. And if you're not going to have him do that, then I'd rather him not be on TV for a while. Okay. Until maybe a month until Brock comes back. You know, maybe we, we're missing something here. Maybe we got to get, maybe we have to go and take away the veil of not negativity or the lack of faith. Maybe we've got to go and say, maybe they're setting the ground, you know, the ground floor steps of something, and we've got to just wait and see. I think that's what it is. I mean, I, I think that's what it is. And, I, and the shows haven't been bad. They haven't been unwatchable. Um, but I think they're setting the ground floor for something. What it is, who knows? Um, who, who, who the money to make winner's going to be? That'll be very, very interesting, which we'll talk a lot of, about on the show, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, with Payback, what do you think? This triple threat match, I mean, do you have any, any level of excitement for this match? And Kane's involvement, who hopefully this is his last involvement. <laughs> uh, the little things that make me laugh. Um, I would say that I've been pleasantly surprised at at Reigns post-mania. And Rollins is still doing a good job. It appears that, you know, at least for the moment, that Orton has a, a little bit of a... He's not Captain Boring right now. I mean, he's still kind of boring, but he's not, you know, uppercase Captain Boring, as the, I would say. I mean, the three of them seem to, you know, be doing okay right now. I mean, I guess the only thing that could be interesting is, does the re- does 
and I'm, I'm hoping I'm, I'm hoping this doesn't happen. But does it have to be you know Rollins versus Lesnar at SummerSlam, or could it be the rematch of the uh, of Mania, which was a lot better than anybody expected? You know, could we see Lesnar versus Reigns, and this is how you put the title on Reigns, and Reigns, Reigns versus Lesnar, or a triple threat at you know at SummerSlam? You know, I mean, I don't think it has to be Rollins versus Lesnar. I think it would what it should be. I think they have great chemistry. I think it would be terrific. But I mean, who says that Reigns is a champion heading into at SummerSlam? You know, at some point they're going to put a title on this guy. He's, I mean, the one thing that we're backtracking for a second. I don't know if you realize this. Maybe it was the pro-America, but the Chicago crowd that usually killed everything WWE, whatever the establishment wants. Yeah. The fans cheered. I mean, I think it was I think personally it was mostly more of a pro-USA, but they didn't kill Cena on Sunday. They were into Reigns, you know, because I think he was actually starting to, to sell a little bit more than he's been doing. When I say sell actually putting over the idea that he was actually hurt and things like that. He wasn't, you know, laughing in the corner and doing things like that. I mean, I don't know if that's a good step in the right direction. I think, I think it's a fantastic step. I think that's the type of crowd that would crap on everything. And I think Reigns, we're seeing, and this is what I'm glad at. This is exactly what they needed to do with him. They needed to have it be a slower process with him. Now he's going against the Big Show again. It is what it is. It's the feud of his career, him and the Big Show. But you know what? He doesn't have the title. They're not shoving him down our throats. He's showing a little bit of his personality. We're seeing that the guy is actually funny. He is cool. We already know that. And that's what we're starting to see. And that's what the fans are starting to see. That's why when they give him the title, if they give him the title at SummerSlam or Survivor Series or whatever the heck they give it to him. Or Payback. Or I think payback will be a little early, but um, a lot early. Because I really want Reigns, Rollins, to be established as a champion for a little while. Let a guy, let the guy have the title for a little while. And and it also doesn't make sense to give Reigns the title because a lot of this was Lesnar against the Authority. Mm-hmm. And so if this is kind of Lesnar against the Authority, then which is kind of what they were building toward, then what sense does it make to have Reigns have the title? Mm-hmm. And Rollins is the authority, but doesn't have the championship. So, I still think it's building toward Rollins versus Lesnar. Um, but I love, I'm really glad that they've got Reigns on this path. The crowd did chant for Cena. And, but I think a lot of that is the fans have respect for Cena's run as U.S. champion so far. I think it's been phenomenal. And then the same thing with Reigns. They, they sure. were him too. Two guys that, you know... A month ago, we booed out of the building. Yeah, and Reigns, the fans have always wanted to be him. So, I mean, we've had guys like Ed and John and, you know, friends of the pod say stuff like that. The fans have always wanted to be into him. Um, I told you that last year. I thought he was a, such an over-with-the-fans over guy. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I like what they're doing with him, and I, and I see him being a guy that over the next six months that probably gets a championship, and it won't be looked at as crazy. Right. Unlike before, that that's that's the reason why at least in my opinion, at least it's interesting. The three way. I mean, I don't love three ways a lot of times. I don't mind them. But what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, three way. Three ways can be really sloppy and kind of like. Oh, what, what, are we, what are we talking about? <laughs> 
they could be pretty. They could be a mess in terms of in the ring. You know, they throw the one guy out, and then two guys are in the ring. There's too many guys in this. <laughs> I, I don't. Let's put it this way. I don't think this three-way triple threat match will be on the, on the level of the Rollins Cena Lesnar one. I don't think it'll be on that level, but I think it could be a good match, though. I mean, it's, it's not going to be, you know, uh, Joe Styles Daniels uh, level? I don't think so. I, I don't I don't think so. Well, what about this Kane involvement? I know you can't stand him. Do you think it's been working? Do you, does it not bother you that much? <laughs> I love how I just got thrown into the deep end of the pool. I'm not the one who every week says, hopefully this is the end, this is the <laughs> retirement match. Well, 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 we need to know how you feel, because you already know how I feel. I'm sick of that mofo. <laughs> Um, we've actually gone 30 minutes without Jay, you know, blurting out a, a obscenity. So I'm trying not to curse. I'm, I'm having a beer and I'm feel pretty relaxed. So I think that might be the I think the, that may be the last time that we actually had a, a non-explicit rating. The last time we were doing this together. Uh, <laughs> um, Jesus, it's so much fun seeing you here live. Um, live, not alive, but um, let's see. Okay. Oh, the the devil's favorite demon, uh, the big red monster, uh, God. the the uh, libertarian, Corp- don't be corporate Kane. The um, corp- corporate Kane wrestling in a wife beater and slacks. <laughs> There's so many things wrong with that. There is actually was a campaign on I think Twitter or Facebook, one of these things. Uh, some guy, it was a joke thing, of course, but. Some guy was trying to raise like eighty bucks or something to to buy Cade uh, new gear. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, like, why can't he do like what? Didn't IRS come out with the slacks and then he pulled the slacks off and he wrestled in tights? Yeah, he wrestled in the in the singlet. You know, like pull the thing off and wrestle in the singlet. Why are you wrestling in slacks? It's like, whenever he comes out there in the slacks, you know he's going to lose. It's terrible. Uh, if he's not facing, you know, Adam Rose and uh, tombstoning a bunny, he does the old win matches here. Um, but I, I personally, I agree with you. I have no interest in 2015 seeing Kane. I have no interest in 2015 seeing Big Show. I have no interest in 2015 seeing Jason Brooks. I'm just kidding. Um, but you know what, though? This is the thing, though. The fans do actually care about Kane still, and they still pop for him. I mean, he's a character that's been around for a long time, and we know he's never going to win a match against anybody reasonable, especially when he comes out in those slacks. But they put him in spots, and he's able to... Do okay. Hey, but it sounds like a guy who just returned to NXT, uh, Rhino. He's, he's going to beat the enhancement talent, but we know that he's there to put the young guys over and make everyone look good, which, good luck with, you know, Baron Corbin right now, but that's another subject. Um, but let's, let's, let's move on a little bit. Like I said, I agree with you. I'm, I'm hoping this doesn't result in, you know, a Rollins versus Kane match on pay-per-view. I, I, could, I honestly could see Rollins, Kane... Main event or a match on Money in the Bank, so you know as that's because you're not going to have you're going to have all these other guys in, in the Money in the Bank match. Um, let's get well before we forget. Just to, neither one of is really old enough to really have any memories or true affection for um, Vern Gagne. Vern Gagne, who who died at 89 a couple of days ago, the uh, ten-time AWA champion. 
brought wrestling to Minnesota, uh, was a key figure in the territory days. You'll be missed. You know, best wishes to all the fans who were big fans of the AWA and to his, to his friends and family. Um, you know, he in the WWE Hall of Fame, not, not, you know, not knowing what that means, but he has his place in history. And uh, hopefully when we're able to have, you know, Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net on again, he's from the Minnesota area. He might be able to give us a couple of thoughts, you know, down the line. But, you know, I didn't want to forget saying that um, he will be missed. And, you know, he had his moment. If it wasn't for, you know, the AWA, there'd be no Hulk Hogan. No Kurt Henning. No Kurt Henning. You know, he, it, Nick Bockwinkle got it. Absolutely. You know, another... Fresh start there. I mean, um, Scott Hall, the Rockers, Mean Gene Oakland, yeah. Bobby I mean, the Brain Phoenix. You know, it's funny watching those old AWA um, shows. I used to watch them on um, ESPN. ESPN Classic. I never watched them on ESPN because I was a kid then. I didn't have cable when I was a kid. But rewatching these old shows, you see all these talented guys who are on there. Rick you know, Martell, Rick Stan Martell, Hansen. Scott Hall, Stan Hansen, Kurt Henning, you know, the Rockers. I mean, they had some fantastic dudes. Um, in the AWA, and you watch some of those oh, those mid '80s shows. Some of the late '80s shows were a little they were a little rough. The once Larry, everybody, the Larry Sabisco years. Yeah, once everybody had left, but that, those mid '80s shows, Corey, I could still watch them, oh, yeah. and they were still pretty good. You watch Global Wrestling, and, and not so much. But I mean, you watch those old AWA shows, and you know Stan Hansen against Kurt Henning, they were fantastic matches. So Vern Danya had a, a tremendous um, effect on. On wrestling, um, on professional wrestling, and the product that we know today, and um, you know, obviously, condolences go out to his son Greg Gagne and the rest of his family. And uh, Vern Gagne, rest in peace. Absolutely, and you know, like I said, once we have someone on who knows a little bit more about him, we'll try to remember to bring that up, and we'll talk about him more in depth at that time. Now, um, before we get to a couple of TNA things. Because they're actually in the news a little bit this week. No, brother. <laughs> let's let's get into uh, Monday Night Raw. Any thoughts, highs, lows? Anything that's actually memorable that happened? And uh, and the King of the Ring tournament. Um, we just start off with the King of the Rings. I watched that. I watched Raw too, but I, I don't. I, usually, I watch Raw twice and I take notes. I can remember things that stood out because usually the show doesn't stand out for me the first time, and it's not standing out to me again this time. So, we'll let you start with Raw, but I'll start with King of the Ring. I thought it was really good. And the one thing, I, you know, King of the Ring, you could say, was basically SmackDown. Because, you know, it's kind of where they really highlight the mid-carders and show them. Um, I thought it was a good tournament. Again, I thought it was too fast. And it was like, oh, the King of the Ring is starting. And then the King of the Ring's over. I thought you know, I would have liked to have seen it got, you know, a little bit more hype. Maybe at a tournament, be more have more guys in the tournament. Maybe finish it off next Tuesday instead of this Tuesday um, to give another week of hype toward the King of the Ring because they did it one day, then it was a live special, and now it'll be kind of forgotten. Hopefully not, but yeah, I thought it was they had good matches. I mean, those mid-carters, those guys are the best workers in the company, probably. Mm-hmm. So um, I thought it was a good show. I thought it was fun, and I thought it did a nice job of, of really highlighting, um, you know, highlighting the mid-card guys. Let me ask you this, and um, we discussed this earlier, so this may not be the freshest takes that we have right now, because in all honesty, uh, did the right guy win, and when it's a King of the Ring, does do you think King of the Ring works if it's a face, a.k.a. guy that at some point you may have thought would have won in Neville, 
being a baby face? Did the right, first of all, did the right guy win in Wade Barrett? And did the King of the Ring gimmick really work with baby faces? All right, well, actually, you brought that up before we started the show. So it, this is a hot take. So hot take, I think that hot take King, of the week. King of the Ring should definitely, I mean, it's worked as the guy being a heel. I mean, it's worth a million. It's worth a lot more than a baby face, and it makes sense because the guy can talk about him being king and put that over. I mean, my favorite version of it may have been King Bucka. I love King Booker, but um, I, I love what they're doing with Neville. We can talk about that in a minute too. I thought the right guy won. I think Barrett deserved to win. I think Barrett has been phenomenal. Um, I I hope that he's a future world champion at some point. I think he will as long as he stays healthy. Um, big if, yeah. A big if, for sure. He's had he's had a lot of injuries. I think the one thing I would have liked for him to have seen when Barrett won was his promo I thought was really was weak. I would have liked to have, like for him to have said more or maybe because I'm thinking of the Austin 316 or, or whatever, but they didn't really seem to do a lot. It was more like, oh, well, I won the King of the Ring. All right, bye, good night. So, you know, we'll see what they do to follow up on it. Hopefully they do something to follow up on it and make this the whole yearly tradition again like they used to do or every couple of years or whatever. But it's been years since they've done it. And the last guy who was king of the ring was Sheamus, and we saw how well that worked at the time. Fella! Oh, uh, the, be- the beauty of doing the show at 1 a.m. in the morning, plus. Uh, but, you know, what? I, I think it is very interesting with the idea of having a heel being a king of the ring. I mean... I feel like I'm almost going to be talking from both sides of my mouth here. Part of me goes and says, should you should you have Neville in the tournament if he's not going to win? Then the other part goes, a heel really works better with the king of the ring concept, the arrogant guy. You know, well, why, does Neville, why does Neville need to win? Well, why do we need these NXT guys to come in and be pushed to the moon right away? He is already... Firmly entrenched in the mid card with guys like Ziggler, who's been a former champion, guys like Sheamus, who's been a former world champion, guys like Barrett, who's been a former IC champion, and Brian. He is in the middle of the mid card, and the mid card is not what it was a few months ago. It's actually a legitimate part of the show now, or has been at least, and it looks like that's where they're going. He has gotten a big push. Adam Rose isn't there. You know, uh, Stardust isn't there. You know, these guys aren't there. Axelmania is not there. Sandow, oh god, that promo. Sandow's not there. These, these guys are not there. Adrian Neville, who got there a month ago, he's in the, in that match. That shows you what they think of him. That shows you the push that he's getting. And again, it's that it's not that he's winning the matches. It's that he's going he's against the these guys. Um, so I think he's getting a gigantic push, and he's, his talking still needs work. That promo was uh, left uh, a lot to be desired, but you know he, he'll get better in his promos for sure. And in the ring, I mean, he's wrestling high quality matches with dudes right off the jump, and that's that's a that's a you know that's not easy. I don't disagree with you. Like I said, I, I think I just think it's an interesting. I just thought it was an interesting point. The idea of at some point. I think you want to bring in guys strong and make them seem, get out of the 50-50. Let me just finish the point before you, because I'm sure you disagree. But I, I think at some point you got to get out of the 50-50 booking 
He beats he, he beats Barrett at the pay-per-view. He loses to him at King of the Ring. He loses to uh, Sheamus. I'm talking about uh, Neville. Then he beats Neville in the King of the Ring tournament. It's just, tr- you know, um, I, I think one of the biggest problems, not Neville, but just in general with wrestling, we've discussed this multiple times, is the idea that no one truly ever gets over if you just, if no one really goes on win streaks. No one ever really gets fully over to their potential if you're not allowing them to go and seem like a big star. And at least in my opinion, I agree. big stars are guys who win all the time. Guys who, big stars are guys who are over with the crowd. Right. They're not just guys who win. They happen to win a lot, but the guys who are big stars are guys who get over with the crowd big. I don't think they need to just win every match. I mean, Daniel Bryan, when he got over with the crowd, was not winning every match. Mm. As a matter of fact, he was losing matches. He lost that match to Wyatt at the Rumble and whatever. Um, but I, So, to a certain extent, I agree with you about the 50-50 booking, and you need to put guys over and have go on win streaks. I just don't think you need to do that with Neville. I, I mean, you could say to do that with Barrett, but Ziggler, an established guy, has been there for years. Mm. But I don't think they need to do that with Neville. There's no reason for him to beat. Why have him run through the IC division? It doesn't even make any sense. Have him beat Barrett. I mean, he's better off losing competitive matches, winning every now and then, than beating Stardust and Zack Ryder. And, uh, you know, and I, I don't, I don't want to say Stardust is a hammerhater because everyone knows how much I like him. But the guys who don't win, basically. Um, he's better off being in the matches with these guys rather than facing... You know the uh, Axel manias of the world, um, and I mean, I'll, I'll say the best match in the IC tournament in this IC tournament in the King of the Ring tournament had Neville in it. it was Neville versus Luke Harper, and I believe it may have not been the main event segment, but it felt like one of the most important matches on Raw that night. You know, so I mean, I'm going to give I'm giving Neville full credit. I think this tournament really helped them. Um, now let's get to. Something that when we were on, uh, I don't know what's going on. We just had a first out signal from uh, from Jay. Axelmania, Axelmania. I'm so glad that my uh, my neighbors uh, aren't coming across and screaming at us at one one fifty in the morning or whatever it is right now. Um, but but that's where I wanted to go. I thought that we had a really good. Art felt felt like it was building towards something. Absolutely, Damien Sandow breakout promo. It felt like the idea of a little bit of a shoot promo. Yeah, absolutely. It felt like something that the fans could get behind. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you hear you have uh, Curtis Axel Axelmania come out, and it turns into as if that promo that you had that thought you were building a new mid cards guy that we should care about. It went back to him being, you know, mimicking, and sure, it got a laugh, but you know what, what I'm going to ask you, Jay, and I'm going to tell you right, usually I answer your opinion and I give you mine, but I really felt like this segment, by the end, did more harm than good for Damien Sandow, and I really, if I it was, it felt sad. Right, yeah. I, I felt sad, yeah. and it felt like, all right, um, we, we, we got something here, but... It's more entertaining for the writers and Vince McMahon, you know, 
to have a laugh than actually get somebody over. You, you know what? Here, I'm going to use my first curse word. It fucking sucked. I mean, it sucked. <laughs> and we reached the 44-minute mark, and here we go again. Uh, you know, but it did. Because I was, Corey, you know why? Because I was into it. Like, I was into the promo. He was putting videos up or showing, like, how he imitated people. And it was kind of a shoot interview. The Magneto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just, you know, how they didn't think he was funny. And the, the, the guy, the people in the back didn't think he was this and didn't think he was that. I was like, man, this is, this is awesome. Because he has all the ability in the world. He can work in the ring. He can talk in the mic. He got this promo against Randy Orton. I don't even remember a couple of years ago. It was hilarious. So he's funny on the mic. He's witty. And they, he has all the ability in the world. And I really was excited to hear what he had to say. And then Curtis Axel came out. I'm like, oh, maybe he'll drop kick him or he'll you know, knock him down or DDT him and get him out of the ring and continue with this promo or maybe that'll be it. Maybe, you know, that's that's kind of all the, the, the time they gave him and he'll beat Curtis Axel up and he'll say, all right, this is it. I'm going to come back. And You know what? I would have, I would have, in that case, I would have said, I would have liked to have seen him talk a little bit more, but I'm okay with it. But what they did with him was a travesty. It was, it's, it was so, it was bad. The imitating and it was it was annoying. Like I was annoyed watching that segment, and it was stupid. It was petty. It was all the stuff. And the reason why I, I cursed and used the language is because it was literally the same stuff that they've had him doing for the past several years. That he literally just said he didn't basically didn't want to do anymore. They had him do that exact thing. And maybe there's something behind it. Maybe we're missing something. Maybe next week he'll do something else and he'll have another gimmick. But man, they just, they did that dude no favors. They did him no favors on Monday. And it was, it really sucked to see. It really did. Because I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of, of Sandow's. And um, I was hoping that they were going to kind of push him in the right, push him in another direction. And, what is he going to do? Imitate guys every week now? I mean, so, I don't know. Do you think this is a one-week thing? We did not read the SmackDown spoilers, so we might be totally inept on this one. That, you know, they have a quick match. Sandow wins and he moves on. Or do you think that's what we're going to see on either Raw or SmackDown this week? Or do you think this is going to be a mid-card or a lower mid-card thing where for a month we're going to have to see Axel Mania and uh, Damian Sandow going, going one-on-one? I mean... I guess, but, you know, why not have this guy cut a promo? Why not have this guy talk? Why not have this guy, you know, show a personality? Let's see what his gimmick is. What's his next gimmick? Like, I don't care about Curtis freaking Axel. I thought the Axel Mania thing was funny. First of all, I think he should still kind of be babyface, but, because to keep the humor up, but whatever, they don't want to do that. Um, so, I don't know. I don't want to see him go against Curtis Axel, though. Mm-hmm. That does nothing for anybody. So he beats him. Oh, wonderful. I mean, I guess that's probably what they're going to do to get him some wins. I Um, mean, that's probably what they'll do to get him some wins. But, I mean, who wants to see that? I agree. Um, We don't have to discuss this week. I really have no one to say. I'm just going to save the second straight show. Can someone please tell me when did uh, the Bellas turn automatically turn face again? Moving moving on. (laughs) Just the comment of the week. Now... 
last thing on Raw, unless there's something you want to bring up. Quick thought, what do you think of what we, what, which I brought up, and I'm one of the rare times I was right, the next feud for Bray Wyatt is Ryback. Uh, yes. Any interest one way or another in this? Or? Well, we were both right, because I thought it would be Ryback as well. Um, I believe you said, good point, Corey. That makes sense. Yeah, that's, 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 that's. <laughs> we can go to the videotape, or aka the audio file at some point. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. Fine. Um, wow, I see he did it again. Do I have a lot of interest in this feud? Not really. Um, I will be interested to see what they do with Ryback here. And because, I mean, you think Ryback's going to talk during this feud. So what are they going to do with him in terms of talking? Is he going to actually talk more? Are we going to see more of his personality? And that kind of back and forth between him and Bray could be interesting. Um, But at this point, I don't have a ton of interest, but I guess we'll see. Who do you think uh, needs needs to win this feud more? Is it Bray need to be recuperated? Oh, yeah, Bray for sure. I think Bray... Needs the win, and I think Bray's going to get the win. And I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping you're right. Nothing against Ryback. I think for what he's doing, I think he's doing well. Yes. And the other half of this is, do you take anything in the idea that the guy who was part of this uh, introduction of this feud, a very small way, but breaking the fourth wall here, Bray Wyatt's real life brother, Bo Dallas. Was a guy that got you know was in there beforehand. You think this leads to anything of Bo Dallas and Bray Wyatt doing something together as the things together, or was it just coincidental? And hopefully it was coincidental. I think they need to keep them away from each other. You know, makes Bo Dallas a darker character, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they shouldn't mention that they're brothers. They shouldn't mention that. I don't think. Because um, then people will be really confused. Because Bray's not supposed to have any family. He's supposed to basically have bleachers and followers. Um, Sister Abigail somewhere. Sister Abigail somewhere. Um, yeah, I mean, they could do something with Bo. I don't see them doing that. I think Bray is a standalone character. That's what he'll continue to be. Very cool. All right. Um, I, I could see that. I mean, I think, like I said, just like the pay-per-view, Bro was... A good show, nothing really, like, on my mind that was terrible, nothing great. King of the Ring, I thought it was a solid tournament. I agree with you, I would like to see a little bit more out of Barrett. I don't know if it was a time issue where they basically said to him, we got, even though it's our network and we can do whatever we want, we got to get off the air, you know, in the next, like, you know, 30 seconds yeah. and it was fast. I don't know, but I would agree with you, I think it should have be been a better promo. Neville, like, one thing is, um, all the stuff that we saw this week in WWE land, honestly, in six months, three months, two months, are we going to remember anything that happened in the last, last week? I mean, we'll remember the fact that, Ray, that uh, Wade Barrett is the king of the ring because it will most likely... That, that's, all, that's, all, that's all I'll remember. I mean, are we going to remember the fact that the New Day had you know their, their one great match in the WWE? It depends on what they're doing. I mean, if they're not on the show or they're jobbing out to the El Matadors or Corey and Jason come down and they're losing to us, you know, that'll be that'll be when we won't think about that. But if, if they're still the champions or they're still in the hunt for the title, then, then yeah, probably. All right. Um, let's a couple of quick things before we get out of here this week. Um, this week in TNA, they had another you know, good show. Had the multiple de- uh, knockout matches. 
I think you advertise it as a knockout basically night and you have, you know, singles matches with guys, I think it's a little weird, but, you know, neither here nor there. Um, Karen Terrell turns heel. It's going to be interesting to see how they do with that with the dollhouse. We'll see more as we go along. This storyline that looks like Boston Aries is going to be out for a while, most likely, to being attacked by Eric Young, getting a little bit more heel on him, and this Kurt Angle thing. But the big, the two big stories in TNA this week, one, maybe a publicity stunt. I mean, you've got a background with uh, Resistance Pro Wrestling out of Chicago, which they had a deal with AMC before they got rid of their scripted uh, their reality shows. Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins has a background over the last five years in wrestling. And so we got that, and we also have, once again, they put the tag team titles on an established team, and this week, unfortunately, Jeff Hardy was in a motorcycle accident. He's out, so I think their next tapings are the beginning of May. Looks like they'll mostly have to take titles off of them, just like they had with the Wolves after Eddie Edwards got hurt. So but let's first go with, do you think that the Billy Corgan thing is anything more than a publicity stunt? Do you, does it make you care any more to the, you know, because he's there? What's yeah. your thoughts on that? So, we'll get to Jeff Hardy quickly. Yeah, so they talked to Billy Corgan, and he's going to be, I guess, creative, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, in creative, with kind of some role that we don't know exactly. But they talked about, like, there's some interview, interview with him where he talked about, like, different type of characters, like transgender characters, and kind of all this other stuff. They come um, as uh, Orlando. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. So I don't know where they go with that. Orlando um, do I care? I mean, he's fresh blood, and maybe he can give them a different perspective. Um, and it sounds like he's done more than just been a wrestling fan. I mean, it looks like he's put some of his blood, sweat, and tears into this. So I think that it could be good, but um, I think we need to see more and see what what he does and how he meshes with the team. As far as Jeff Hardy, and it looks like it was a dirt bike, not a motorcycle, but um, he broke his leg. It's a shame. They just got the titles. Um, I'm not really sure what you do with them now or who you give the titles to. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it's a shame that right after they got the titles that, that he got hurt. But, you know, this is wrestling. You know, there's injuries, and you got to move on from it. And just a quick thought on this. Uh I think the Billy Corgan thing is interesting. Do I think it's a little bit of a Full City stunt? Getting the name of Variety and different things, which it did. More people most likely know about TNA than did, you know, yesterday. Due to the fact that the publications, you know, they were actually out there and something to it. Um, For people who want to know a little bit more about Billy Corgan, um, Sam Roberts' uh, podcast had him on, I think, like three or four months ago. It was good. I think it was like 15, 20 minutes talking about his past and his interest, you know, when he was in ECW and different things. So you saw there's a passion there. I mean, you know, he's going to be on the road with promoting his new album, doing, you know, shows all summer. So you wonder how much he's really going to have the involvement. Yeah. But you know what? Fresh views and names that are not Vince Russo, they can only can, only can help. Um, I think that, you know, as long as they can go and do a balance of some sort where Destination America is not making every decision for them, which would sound like that was going on last week. Um, I think it's a good thing. Jeff Hardy, it's a shame. He's by far, even if, if not the most popular person in the TNA, uh, uh, TNA to the crowd, he's, you know, right up there. Yeah, so for it's sure. It's going to be interesting to see what they do. I mean, he's, it's going to be a loss. I mean, 
could you, you know, if you find out this isn't as bad as it sounds, can you go and have do something an injury angle? I mean, a broken tibia is a broken tibia, Corey. I, I don't, I don't see how that. How, how long? Uh, I don't know, but I think it's a while. I mean, they they take what you said May. I mean, it's like three weeks from now. I mean, it's, and technically, it's the it's next week, but I don't know. Maybe the middle of May. It's, it's like May 9th or tenth. I think. Yeah, like I mean, there's no. I mean, there's no way with a broken tibia. There, there's there's no way. We're gonna have to you know do another. I mean, it was really cool the last time we had you know taking you know thing. So maybe they can do it again. But it's a shame. We'll see where they go from here. You know, we hope for the best. With you know, you always want competition with TNA, ROH, and everyone else. Um, I think that you know what. For the first time in over a year doing a show actually in the same room, I think it went pretty well. Um, once again, work sh- at Worksheet Pod, at Paladin808. Uh, you can catch us on Facebook, iTunes. You know, we love to hear any five-star reviews, one-star reviews, you know, telling us how great we are, how much we suck, you know. As long as you guys realize we're here, we appreciate it, you know, consistently getting hundreds or more Downloads through Podomatic every week. Worked uh, worksshoot.podomatic.com. Uh, we have the Facebook page. Like I said we have Twitter. Um, at some point, maybe we'll have an Instagram account. I doubt it. <laughs> Nobody really wants we'll, to see we'll those. Put our, we'll put our naked asses on there for you. Uh, somebody might be kissing someone's arse, but it won't be either one of us. Um, but like I said, you know, another interesting take. Hopefully it doesn't take another year plus to do this, Jay. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, and, and subscribe on iTunes. It's really, really important for us so you don't miss any episodes. Um, again, we're taping this on a Wednesday at 1.30 in the morning. Um, so technically it's Thursday. So technically it is Thursday. Um, but we do shows on Thursday. We'll do shows on Tuesday. We'll do shows after pay-per-views on Sundays. So we're kind of all over the place. So please go to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast on, on iTunes. Look us up, subscribe, review, and um, you know, leave a comment or two. And like I said, you know, check out all the great shows on Podomatic. Proud member of the Podomatic family. Uh, and I guess we'll be back uh, next week with another podcast. Uh, me and me in the Bronx. Jay, you know, trying to claw his way out of Poughkeepsie, and where hopefully it doesn't randomly decide to snow. Poughkeepsie. Oh, sorry, that that's two homes ago. Sorry, uh, Rochester. <laughs> I have been all over New York State, folks. <laughs> I'm heading to Buffalo next. Oh boy, here we go. It's like the Bills. We hopefully you don't wind up in Toronto. You know, I would not mind. Toronto's an awesome city. Would not mind winding up there, but. Yeah, I guess that's it for Corey and I. Um, you know, thanks for listening. As usual, this was fun. I'm very tired, and I cannot wait to sleep and then wake up tomorrow and drink my face off. I did not say that. Um, all right, thanks for listening. I think we're done here. See ya. See ya. Give me what it takes now. Rage, rock, roll.